Looking for an extraordinary coffee? Look no further than Heartwork Coffee. With eight years of excellence and proudly roasting in the vibrant city of San Diego, California, visit heartworkcoffeebar.com to explore a wide range of single origin and blended coffees to suit your taste preference. On a personal note, co-founder Rob Moran has played in so many bands that have inspired me personally, like Unbroken and Some Girls, for example, and it's been amazing watching Heartwork thrive all these years. The coffee is amazing, and I'm thrilled to support this company. Once again, visit heartworkcoffeebar.com to place an order. That is H-E-A-R-T, work, coffeebar.com. Welcome to the first ever podcast. My name is Jeremy Bohm. I am your host. And if this is your first time here, this is a show where I interview artists of all kinds about the first experiences in their art form that led them to where they are today. This is episode 151. And my guest this week is Jeremy Stith of the band Fury. Fury just dropped a surprise single back in June. It's called Vi. You can get it on a Flexi 7-inch via Triple B Records. Um, but yeah, Jeremy and I spoke before I left for tour. So this uh, this conversation was sort of just planned to come out once uh, once the single was out. So here we are. The song is a tribute to Riley Gale of Power Trip. Uh, it actually features Chris Olsh of Power Trip ripping some solos on it. Uh, this conversation gets a bit heavy. And I'm thankful for Jeremy's raw passion as we discuss his life and this song. Uh, this was a really great conversation. I've known Jeremy for a while. He's a huge movie buff, just like myself. So, like, I feel like most of our relationships since we got to know each other has been mostly just like DMing each other about movies and such. Um, so it was really nice getting to know him on this new level. Um, I want to let you know that if you're new here, there's a bonus episode available right now where Jeremy answered questions that were submitted by subscribers. You can get that over at patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon. It would mean a whole lot. You can subscribe there and get access to all previous bonus episodes. You get bonus radio hours. There is a Discord channel. Um, I just got home from tour, like I mentioned, and I and I uh, I was doing a tour journal, so you can read all through that, all sorts of stuff. I also want to let you know the Balladeers Redefined compilation is officially out. This is the compilation that if you follow me, you've been seeing me post about for a very long time now. Um, it's officially out, so hopefully I don't have to punish you too much more with those constant posts. But it's a 31-band uh, compilation. I'm so, so proud of this thing. It looks beautiful. It's shipping now. You can find more info for that if you go to my Instagram, which is just JeremyXBalm. Oh, and one more note about Fury is if you're going to Sound and Fury, you will see them there. So you can catch them at Sound and Fury. Um, if you haven't checked out the song yet, go do it. It's fucking awesome. This band is so good. I've, I've always really enjoyed what Fury does. I've picked up all their records as they've been a band. And uh, yeah, so here we go. Here's my conversation with the awesome Jeremy Stith. 
you're the first, uh, I think you're the first Jeremy on the show. So welcome, my Jeremy friend. Hey, Jeremy. Pal. <laughs> There's not a lot of us. Um, yeah. What have you, did you, did I you, did you, no, you go first. Uh, did you Jeremy. have any Jeremy? Yeah. I was just asking, did you have many Jeremy friends when you were growing up? No, I only knew one kid named Jeremy and he sucked. Um, Dude, same. He was a year older than me, so I didn't really deal with him. But I had yeah. Jeremy's to look up to. I played hockey for like a like a year, and so I liked Jeremy Roenick. Okay. Um, and then like, obviously Jeremy Piven, um, Jeremy Renner, and Jeremy Strong. He's big now. Um, Jeremy from Wedding Crashers. So okay. there's a couple. Jeremiah from the Bible. Did... <laughs> That's not my real name. The Eddie, the the, uh, the Pearl Jam song, oh. which I'm sure got sung to you. Dude, okay, so like I tell people all the time that that's what I was named after because it came out like a few months before I, like, the single did. I don't think the record did, but I think the single did. And that's what I tell people. Um, but my mom was not listening to Pearl Jam at the time or now. <laughs> but I like to tell people that. That was like my, yeah, my so, moody wait. phase, you know. So, are you 1991? 92. On the cusp, January 92. Oh, okay. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, all right. So, I mean, that story checks out. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. We can just keep, we can keep that story going here. So, for people listening, named after the Pearl Jam song, Jeremy, it's Stith, right? Is that how you say the last name? Yeah, Stith. I also have another last name. So, my mom and my dad had me uh, when they weren't married. Um. That's a whole other story, but his last name's McGraw. So I also tell people that Tim McGraw and Faith Hill are my aunt and uncle. Um, that's like just as believable as my what my first name's named after. So I like to, yeah, I like to to have that fun little cheeky lie. I like that you 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 are dedicated to creating your own lore. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. No one believes <laughs> it though, but yeah. Um, yo, I actually don't know if I totally know this. Are you, cause you, cause before we started recording, you mentioned Whittier and then you mentioned Fullerton. Are you an Orange County guy? Where are you from originally? I'm originally from, um, from Whittier. Um, um, I was born, um, yeah, I was born in Whittier and I lived there until middle school. Like there, and I lived in La Habra, which is like right next to it, um, until middle school, and then my family moved to um, North Orange County to this town called Yerba Linda. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And lived there for like middle school and high school, and then um, after that, I went to college in Hayward in the East Bay for like a year and a half. I I was on the, I got a soccer scholarship, but I was I was cut from the team. But that was all I was also that was kind of the moment I was like really getting into music and 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 art and and all that. So um, then I lived up there for for a little bit and then moved um, back down to Orange County. But around that time is when my parents um, and the rest of my family, my I have three well four younger siblings. One of them is my my twin, but my my three younger siblings and my parents moved to Texas. And so I moved, oh, wow. uh, I moved to Fullerton after that. And I was there, um, oh, for, for a handful of years. And then I, I, um, 
started dating my my now wife um oh gosh um you know like a, a a half a year a year before the pandemic and then i moved up to oakland where she was living at the time um like december of 2019 like right before the pandemic hit um wow so you've really been kind of all over california is your is your family still out in texas they are they're like a little outside of dallas um okay yeah they're still doing their thing they like it out there they say y'all all all the time unironically (laughs) got it got it so well then let me ask you this when you were growing up what was the first thing that you connected with musically that felt like it was yours maybe not something that was being played in the house by your folks but maybe something that you found on your own that's a really tough question because i have a twin brother and so everything I was getting into, we were kind of doing it the same way. Like I, I thought about this question. I listened to some of the other episodes and I was thinking about this question and it was never really my own thing. It was always ours, I would say. Um, that makes sense. So like I could say, you know, the Tony Hawk soundtrack or like Alien Ant Farm or everything <laughs> that was played on Stevens Entitled Rock Show. Okay. Um, but really my own thing that really felt it was like my own was, and that wasn't influenced by my friends, which is also a tough question because I, everything that I, I like and I still like is mostly things my friends hit me onto. But, um, I think it was when I went to college and I got, um, high violet by the national. I think that was the first, um, that was the first thing where I was like, no one told me about this. And like, I, I had seen, um, I mean, I don't know, probably just ads. There were probably ads everywhere. Um, and I was really into like 4AD stuff. And I saw it was like a new 4AD band. Well, they weren't new at the time. Yeah. A release, I guess. Sure. So I think that, no, I, that think makes... that's the, I think that's the the honest answer. Um, Yo, I mean, that, that was such a pivotal moment too when that record was coming out for I think a lot of people where like um, – Jeff from Thursday had put me on to Boxer, but like I hadn't fully full and fell in love with it yet. Like I like I really liked it. Like I really really liked it. But then I saw the music video for Blood Buzz Ohio. Oh, that's right the before one that was about to come out. That's the one. And I was like, this is. I was like, not only is this song perfect, but like this video. Like I can't even imagine being this cool. Like what this was man the just video like? So... You, what was the video for that? It's a black and white video and he's just kind of strutting around, kind of going in a different look. He's like in a suit, you know, like kind of dressing the way he normally does, but he's got like the good beard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a very just like straightforward video of kind of him um, in black and white. Uh, I don't so know if there's anything sick. specific that. Yeah, but I was just like, oh, my God, it's just this is the, this is just like so effortless, effortlessly cool mm. that like. I can't help but want to know and love this record. And yeah, like you, it's like that just became my favorite shit in the entire world. Yeah. Is Boxer the one with the, my mind's not right, my mind. Or is that another one? That's, uh, I think that's on Alligator. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, Abel? I'm pretty sure that's on Alligator. Yeah, Abel, yeah. yeah, that's on. Um, but yeah, that's the first, that's the, uh, like I went and bought it up on my, you know, with my own money that yeah. I got from working at Zoomies at the mall. And I, uh, I still have it. I listen to it all the time, all the time still. Um, did you ever get to see them? 
Yeah, bro. So I was thinking about that too. So I saw him at Coachella that that year that whenever that came out. I had um I had uh it was when I was still playing, so I was still living in the Bay at the time, and we my all me and all my friends, we used to sneak into Coachella every year. Uh-huh. Um Wow, how'd you pull that off? Well, this was like before wristband, so like oh, yeah, what yeah. we would do is we would just like um Really, it was my friend Riley. She was like, she got interviewed by the LA Times for uh-huh. how good she was at sneaking into Coachella. Like that was her her shit. <laughs> and so what what we did was it was a the what we would do is um like uh one time we were like we tried to hop the fence and we got caught um and we were like hiding and someone was like I see you guys like what are you guys doing. And Riley was like, well, we're just looking for somewhere to get high. And I looked over. I was like, Riley, what the fuck? Like, we were already going to get in trouble for sneaking in. Like, now we're going to fucking get in trouble for shit? Like, come on. And they were just like, oh, it's fine. Like, you know, I'll take you to the front. Because this was someone who – they didn't work for Coachella. It was just, like, the ranch next to it. So they just thought we were, like, fucking with their horses. Um, And they take us to the front, and we get there. And it was like – it was just one entrance and it was like Disneyland. There's like 10 aisles or whatever. And they were pretty short. So we just like walked up and Riley was like, okay, we need to look for like the dumbest person who's checking bags. <laughs> she was like, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to just like get in with a group of people. And then like, when we get near this guy, just like yell someone's name. That's like way out right behind, like, pretend there's someone behind them and they just kind of like walk towards them. Like you, like you just walked in and like, sure enough, we did that and we got in. And then after like 10 steps, she's just like, okay, we're going to meet over there. But in five seconds, I need you to just run and three, everyone go in different directions. And we did that and we got in. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> and so that was, um, that was 2009. So that was like, I got this, that was like Morrissey and, 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 uh, and, that like legendary Leonard Cohen set. Um, I'm so jealous you saw that, dude. That was like epic. I wanted to talk about Leonard Cohen with you too. We can save that for later. Um, uh, because you were like one of the first dude. You were the first person to like talk about Leonard Cohen as like an inspiration and 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 whatnot. And um, and he still inspires me all the time. So you really um you know, you really broke open a, a slightly open door that was already kind of creaked open. Um, but anyway, oh, that's awesome. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, it, yeah, that yeah. whenever I went to yeah, go yeah, see yeah. the National, um, it was when that came out and I went by myself because no one else wanted to see them with me. Um, and it turned out years later, I talked to Alex, our drummer, about it. And he was like, bro, I was there too. I was like, no fucking way. Like that set was like so epic for me. Like um he was like yeah i was just fucking there too i was like where were you standing he's like i don't remember <laughs> and i was like i was yeah, right by yeah. the sound booth like do you see me he's like, no. but uh, yeah that I, I, that was the only time i i got to see i'm kind of okay if that's the only time but with um you know you mentioned you know obviously you have a twin brother i was curious with like with you two both discovering music was it ever like a rivalry about like who knew what first or were you guys kind of just like the kind of twins that just kind of finish each other's sentences and like show each other stuff and kind of get into stuff at the same time. 
a little of the latter. It really wasn't competitive. I think we both like secretly kind of had like this band's a little bit more for me. Like, <laughs> like all American Rejects were like a little bit more for him, but like AFI was like a little bit more for me. Okay, so you're the, you were the edgier one. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that. I think he's always been way more I'm edgy kidding. than me. But um, I'm kidding. But yeah, yeah, he, yeah. um, but yeah, for that definitely. But no, we were. It was just kind of like we were just always together. I I couldn't tell you if we ever showed each other something. I'm sure we did. But that's fair. But um, um we were but just, what was uh what was your first concert? <sighs> Weird Al, OC Fair. No way. Running with oh, scissors, awesome. running with scissors tour. Um, Damn. My dad brought us. Um, my stepdad. Um, it was so fucking epic. I was like obsessed with, with Weird Al, and that was kind of like a way for us to bond too, because like, obviously he thought it was funny, but like, um, he was like parodying all the songs that like he loved growing up. Like those first, all those first Weird Al records weren't like, they were kind of some contemporary songs, but they were like, you know songs from like the 70s and 80s and stuff um, totally and i still love weird i know you were in the movie which is like so yeah, fucking yeah. epic um yeah i saw him recently actually trip. at that uh, whatever show he did a, a few months back oh the one where he's like playing like all originals right yeah. like with like a like kind of strip town shit down, down not... a lot of the b-sides yeah. it was so sick that's awesome my, was it cool she was so sick my wife came with me and she was like I think she was like really embarrassed, but like it was sick. Like I, I just kept like looking over to her. I was like, "This is like track seven of like his record from like '91. Like I don't think he's ever played this before." <laughs> oh, that's awesome. She's like, uh, "Yeah, man." Do you know? Um, do you know Jonah Ray at all? Oh yeah, he was yeah. one of the other guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of the other guys in like the the fake band in the Weird Al movie with me, and like he um he has a band that does like weird out covers but like punk is, versions is he, but it's like i think it's like of all those songs with paul rust is that the band he's in oh i don't know uh, paul rust i don't know had, if i know who paul rust is you you might if you if you've seen um he's really funny um he does like all like the comedy bang bang and like all that stuff too um, oh that would make sense um, he's in a few i know he's been in a few bands but like yeah it's like it's i think it came out on asian man records too but it's like yeah it's like he does like punk versions of all these weird al original songs which is just awesome that's so cool okay um, i'm gonna scope that. i'm gonna write that down i'm gonna scope that out. yeah 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 uh so i know you played drums in pocket knife right yeah was that your was that your first instrument that you ever played no actually i got a, a fender squire like those like 300 dollar ones that you get with like an amp mm-hmm. um and like a gig, yeah. gig bag but like i didn't yeah. play it um I just like had it. I did do a talent show in third grade where like I air guitared with it. Um, <laughs> so what song? First date by Blink. Amazing. And um, I don't think I I kind of figured out how to do Smoke on the Water, but like I wouldn't say. But drums were like the first thing I I played. What what led you there after getting the guitar? Were you just like this isn't for me? I'd rather play something that's louder. Oh, good question. Um, I think I just got bored of like I just didn't want to have to learn the guitar, and like I was more interested in playing sports at that time. Okay. And then drums. 
I had a friend who lived down the street in elementary school who was really good at drums and would like do like Linkin Park covers and like Blink covers and stuff like that. So I think that like stuck with me a little bit. And then, um, oh gosh, in high school, I just bought a drum set. Oh yeah, it would have been when I moved back because that's when I started the, my first band with my, my friend Chris. And what was your first band? Um, what was your first band? It's called Layman. Um, technically, okay. we're, we're still a band. Like we're like, like <laughs> we're like a third of the way of recording our our LP that we started like like five years ago. Okay. Um, but that band, um, it it started. So I, I when I came back um, from co- from that year and a half or whatever in college, I. Um, at that point, I was like, you know, really good friends with 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 Madison and and um, you know everyone from out here, and we went to shows all the time. And um, I would go to shows with Madison up north when I lived up there too, because he was finishing school at SF State. Um, I actually saw you guys when I was going to school up there too. You guys, it was the that title fight tour. Um, oh shit! Um, at Gilman. At Gilman. Um, I flyered, yeah. I flyered after the show for my other friend's festival that he was doing Narbageddon Fest. I don't know if you remember that, but, um, so yeah, anyway, moved back. And then my friend, Chris and I, he was kind of in the same boat as I was who like, he played for fun. Like he was like a shredder, but he never, he didn't really play in too many bands. And then we both talked about starting bands and stuff, but we never knew who else to ask. And then we saw no age play, um, at this, like, um in chinatown uh, it was like a um it was to like protest the walmart that they were or some they were trying maybe a walmart or like some big box store they were trying to build in chinatown and after the show we were like fuck we don't need anyone else um and so then we just started writing stuff after that um so that was like the first and then it branched off we got my friend Janie to join and then her brother max joined and it's been the four of us um ever since we used to what kind of what kind of music is it oh it's a bit alt i guess um you know like oh what's a good comparison sonic youth was like a little bit more poppy and not avant-garde i guess it's like okay really it's like so bold to be like oh yeah we sound like sonic youth no, I get it though. Um, what was uh, what was the first show you played? Dude, it was on four twenty. <laughs> what year? Oh, uh, two thousand like twelve. Okay, it was with creatures. Okay. It was with creatures at the Riff House in Fullerton. It was like right when and it was this band. You're, it was this band you're talking about. Yeah, it was just me and Chris. It was just Layman at the time. That was that was our first show, okay. my first show I ever played. Um, it was so sick. It was right when Vesuvius, the the last Creatures record came out, and it was like the record release. Uh-huh. So it was just it was epic. How did you end up on the show? Like, did you just know those guys? Like, were, so at this point, I'm assuming you were like pretty in with kind of discovering the hardcore world and all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, I was good for Maddie. They he was one of my one of my best friends at that at, or at that point. Um, and Steve, all those guys. So. I, Maddie is four years older than me. All my friends were a bit older than me. Um, so when they were in like metalcore bands, like in the beginning of high school, I was like in middle school, like obsessed with their bands. 
Um, but then around 05, 06, they started getting, so like right when I was getting into high school, they were, had just, they were getting into like, you know, malfunction records, rivalry, locking out. Um, and they started doing hardcore bands. And that was kind of like my, my, the first time I like got into the good shit. Um, right. So I was always obsessed with their bands, you know, um, I always thought they were so cool. I still think they're all so cool. Um, so like when to get on that show with Matt, with creatures, it was just like Maddie had recorded us. Like Maddie knew Maddie knew it. Like we were, we were homies, you know? So that was just like a homie hookup. Okay. And then, so is after that band was the next bands fury and pocket knife. Cause it seems like they both kind of started or like put out records or demos and stuff around the same year, like looking like it's like 20, 13 2014 ish or something yeah, that 2013 right? was huge for all so i did uh layman and then we did pocket knife um right after which is it was madison and then my friend riley who would sneak into coachella and yeah. and i um and we wanted to do a band that sounded like um like the early sub pop singles but really like um dave grohl's pocket watch demo that's like where we even got our name, you know, like that's what we want. We just wanted to do that. Um, okay. And then like after that, I really don't know the order. I think I, and then I think I started this, we started this other band called Jim um, with some friends who are also like in hardcore bands, um, Andy and, and uh, my friend Christian, they were in this band called Disapproval um, from, from El Monte. Um and we had seen each other at shows. I think it was at a creature show actually when I first met them. And like, we both were like, "Hey, like, you like the cranberries? Like, I like the cranberries. Oh, <laughs> you like Velocity Girl? Like, I like Velocity Girl. Like, we should do a band like that." And um, and then right after that, Fury started. Um, so it's all kind of jumbled. It's all 2013. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all kind of jumbled. So, you know, I usually ask about like first recording experiences and it sounds like, and also from what I can kind of tell, it seems like a lot of the recordings that you've done um, have been with Madison uh, with like a lot of the, like, or like his studio or, or, or that sort of a thing. But I did see that, is this correct? That pocket knife recorded with uh, Jack and Dino? Yeah, it's literally the only time I haven't recorded with Maddie. That's and... what I was curious of. So, Je so for people listening, like Jack and Dino recorded Bleach from nirvana yeah which is bleach fucking pretty sun, crazy sunny day real estate seaweed hazel all those which, like early sub pop bands wow what what sunny day stuff did he do did he do like how it feels or something it was like the, one of the later i think like the late night like early oos records i think um yeah that's crazy okay so then how did that happen talk to me about working with him oh we just hit him up man he's like a normal dude we hit him up he had actually mastered the pocket knife demo um and we just like called we just emailed him it's like hey like would you be interested in like mastering this or whatever and he was like yeah like shoot me a couple hundred bucks and we were like fuck sick <laughs> and then we also that around the same time we were like yo we like we would love to like record with you someday he's like yeah it's like you know 500 bucks a day like whatever and we're like for real yeah he's like yeah and so we legit like 
booked a tour just to go to Seattle to record with them. That's what I was curious of, like how you guys all got up there. Cause I didn't know if the band was like for at a point, like based up there or something, but okay. So you drove up there, you toured up there. Uh, I mean, having that be your only time outside of working with Madison, like what was it like for you? Uh, it was just, it's the same. It's just like, we get to hear cooler stories. Different... Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's just Did a normal you get any guy. Good ones? Uh, yeah, well, he, uh, so he's like, uh, like, what do you guys, so like, what amps you guys want to use? Uh, like, what do you guys want to, you know, what, what tones and stuff? And we were like, uh, whatever you used on like the seaweed record. And he's like, oh, okay. So, uh, a Marshall amp and a Gibson Les Paul. Okay. And we're like, fuck, it's so stupid. Why did we ask that? Like, it's so obvious. Um, <laughs> he had a cool story about that band Hazel. I don't know if you fuck with them. Okay. Um, I really like them. They're kind of underrated. But um, yeah. He was, because he was wearing a, a old Hazel shirt. And I was like, dude, I love that record, like, so much. He's like, yeah, they're an interesting band. Um, so. They're a three-piece, but he's uh, he was like, yeah, they had this guy with them that was like in their band, but like he didn't play any instruments, but he legit acted like he was the main member of the band, like he had the most input and stuff. <laughs> and uh, it's this guy who like he was basically like an interpretive dancer at their shows, like he was kind of like a part of the band. Um, Whoa! Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I would everyone go look them up. Their band they're called Hazel, but. He was like in their music videos and stuff. Um, but he was like, yeah, like he had the most input. He was like the most stressed. And I was like, dude, that's so <laughs> sick. And we were like, yo, I'm sure you get these questions all the time about Bleach, but what was it like? And he's like, literally what we're doing right now, like couldn't be more bothered. Like he's like, yeah, like I just thought it was another record, and but it is paying my bill still. So I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I saw like a quote being like that he recorded Bleach for like 600 bucks. Yeah. I mean, that's how much it cost us. Unbe- so. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a legend. Yeah. Um, what uh, what was the first tour you ever did? I had to look this up. I, I heard this question for other people too. It was um, it was with Pocket Knife. Um, that was the second tour we did, the Jack and Dino one, but we did another one. Um, with our friends in Fugue. It, it, I don't know if you know that band. Um, I don't think I do. It's my friend Garrett Labonte um, and Jake and Jordan Brown. So they were like, um, they were like really angular, like kind of like, um, I don't know, like if Fell to Low was like a Discord band, I guess, would be like the simplest way to put it. But they were like so original, sure. so original. Um and still my best friends um but it was just us two um how far did you go oh 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 oh! where did we go you know what i took a screenshot of it let me look we went to uh oh i know where we went we went to chico and back um, okay i specifically remember the chico show um because it's how many sh- wait so how many shows was it all together one two three four it was six it was a week um, okay. We did uh, Santa Ana with Fell to Low. We played um, Galita with Uranium Orchard. 
Um, shout out those guys. Jordan, he's a legend. And then we played uh, Submission with Riding Out, which was crazy. Okay. This is funny. And then yeah. from there, uh, we went to Chico. But like uh, me and my friend Riley and Jared, we took acid on the way there and we didn't tell anyone. Um, and then like two hours into the drive, they're just like, we're just like in our own row in the van. And they're like, everyone's like looking back. They're like, dude, what's wrong with you guys? Cause we're just like smiling and they're looking at the thing. And we were just like, <laughs> like Tommy boy. We were just like, I don't know. Right. And then we get to the show in Chico and it's literally some guy's apartment, like on the second story. And we're like, dude, like we can't play here. And then like in the apex of being on acid, just like, dude, this is I, I'm going to be able to tell this story in 10 years, which is what I'm doing now. How are you with touring? Like, is this something that you miss? I mean, you know, I do uh, not miss it I feel at like all. Um, no okay. shade. You're not I, a fan. I do love, Oh my God. I miss my friends that I, in all these places so much. I'm, I, I, I do, I do get nostalgic sometimes, but I do not miss getting sick and being away from my loved ones. Um, and it's just really, at, at this point, it's really tough. Um, and, and I put in, we put in some fucking tours, bro. So like, I'm good. Like we've done a couple six weekers, yeah. you know, we, we went hard for, for a few years. So um, I do miss did, it. I miss all my did friends. Fury, but... Did Fury do much uh, international touring? We did, uh, we've done three, three Euro trips. Okay. And then we went to Japan once. Um, awesome. What year was that? Oh, gosh. 2017, maybe. Something like okay. that. Somewhere um, in there. Did you get to make the most of it? Was it just like a couple shows? Did you do... Or shows. We were there for like a week. It was... Oh, my God. It was one of the best trips of my life. Like, Yeah. By far. It's my favorite place I've, I've ever been to. Um was there any other international, like, were there any bands from, like, the States that came with you? Or were you just doing shows out there with local bands out there? Uh, we played with this band, Stan United. Um, uh, they're so sick. Some of those guys, I think, are in Blow Your Brains Out, this new, uh, or Blow Out Your Brain. I don't know. I'm so sorry, guys. For I don't have, I don't know. <laughs> they're so sick. They straight up sound like a fucking locking out band from, like, 05. Um, That's awesome. But we did it with them. Um and it was then all, all local bands at, at the gigs. It was, oh, it was one of the best trips. Um, I wanted to actually talk uh, sort of about like the, the stuff that Fury has like, you know, ended up releasing and everything like that. So like the demo came out and then and the demo was originally on that label uh, or came out on that label, Mosher's Delight. Mm-hmm. And I as someone who like owns some of the cassettes that came out on that label, mostly like the live ones. um what's the background there? Like, was that someone from California that put that out, put those out? I don't know if I realize. Okay. So Masha's delight was, um, was John from give and my homies, my homie Zach. Um, he was in this band intent. They do, they both have a, they have, um, a publication, uh, uh, publication couple. I don't know what you would call it. They put out books and zines. They're called shining life press. Uh, um, and so I, when, when they were coming, when, when Masha's Delight was happening, I was like obsessed with all those bands. 
and um, I thought it was so sick. I was also obsessed with Give. Like, they're still one of my favorite bands of all time. I was like, I was in the fan club. Like, I, it was, they're still like top three favorite bands of all time. So, so important um, for me. And so, um, we, Fury recorded like half of a demo. We were like halfway done. And then our friends in Bakersfield, one of our friends was like, Hey, like, I know you guys just started a band. Like we we need some bands to open the show. Like, I know you said you guys weren't really going to play shows or whatever, but, um, do you want to open for, um, Hounds of Hate, um, at Munoz gym? And we loved Munoz gym. That was, it's still my favorite venue of all time. And I was like, I loved Hounds of Hate at that, at that time too. So I was like, dude, let's do it because like, we're not going to know anyone there and we get to play this venue that we like we would drive up to Bakersfield all the time to go to shows there. Um, so anywho, our homie, we legit like got in the van and brought like 12 people, like 12 of us came. Um, and my homie Marco came, he does this, um, label called events perspective. Um, everyone should, should check out all their stuff. Um, and he was filming bands at the time and he filmed the set and he showed, are my homie Nick Heitman, who had put out the pocket knife stuff. He had a record label called Photo Booth Records. Um, and he showed John and Zach, and they they dug it. Um, and so Nick was kind of like our manager at the time, I guess, in that case. And uh, just hooked it up, and they were like, yo, like, show us the demo when it's done, and and they liked it and they put it out and that was like uh that was so huge for us they'd only put out east coast bands at the at the time too so we were like damn it's just like you know we were really pumped it was, it was an, an honor. yeah definitely definitely um it felt like i can't remember if it was like maybe a conversation i had with someone from your band um back when you guys were first kind of starting out because you had done the demo and then like that, the seven inch, uh, the kingdom come seven inch on triple B. Was there a point when you guys, am I making this up? Like, were you guys at one point not going to do an LP and then you decided to, or something like that? Was that like, am I making this up? You are not making this up. I wanted to be like, I wanted to be like no tolerance. Like I didn't want to do LPs. Um, right. I just wanted to do like, this is like the era of like the demo core stuff too, where it felt like a lot of bands were just doing seven inches or demo tapes and then breaking up and then starting another band. So talk to me about that. I mean, Madison and I were just like, it's really hard to make a good LP. Like there's only a handful, Um, but they were few and far between. And I think it was just us being really nervous and not thinking we can do it. Um, And it was when we were recording the, recording the seven inch, Maddie had this fucking ill riff that he kept doing. And, um, you know, like Alex was like, dude, let's play that riff. Like, let's do a song with that. And he was just like, no, nah, whatever, you know, no, no, no. And then at the end of recording, he played it again. And Alex was like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Let's like, make this a song. Like, that's going to be the best song. He was like, nah, I'm saving it for the LP. And we were just like, fuck, let's fucking go. <laughs> um and that was so that's the, what that inspired was, it yeah that was the riff for um for the feeling it was that 
it was he was just playing that riff um yeah and that really did it we thought man like that riff right there we can base a whole we can base a whole lp off of that Um, wow so how quickly did that record get written i mean pretty quick i mean yeah um i don't know half a year maybe i don't know maybe less um at that time alex was living with maddie so like they would just play every day you know what i mean um sure so i feel like it came together really fast my memory is hazy but it it was pretty quick yeah because i remember when when paramount was getting announced like i was stunned because i was like i feel like this band said they would never they were planning to never do this so it got me kind of extra excited because you know knowing that narrative for me i was like well clearly they got inspired enough to want to do this so you know i'm i'm actually pretty pretty thrilled to uh to hear them actually you know put in the effort and do this um what did your uh where'd your relationship with uh sam at triple b start um it started oh it started uh do you what was that fest called destroy la it was called destroy la destroy la there you go it was in 2013 yep so fury we hadn't started on it like we hadn't even like thought of the band yet like that hadn't even happened yet so but um like intent and like so like all those guys on the east coast they all came out um because new brigade was like the band down here at the time right they, they were homies with all those bands so after the fest they did um they did like a, a short tour it was like new brigade intent and freedom maybe or like maybe another i can't remember um oh clear it was clear intent and new brigade and I was like, yo, can I jump in the van? Like, is there room? They're like, hell yeah, let's go. And so I met Sam formally at the Gilman show because um, I was doing merch for New Brigade or someone at the time. And he was there too. Um, and got to chat it up. And then we went to uh, this place called Tommy's Joint up in the Bay. But just like, we were all bonded. Something happened that bonded us all for life. Um, and... Uh, and that was just the time, like, I got my, uh, that was, like, I got my, the nickname was, like, Jeremy Joint after that. And, like, that was, like, really, like, the first, like, I met them. I met, like, LaForge, all the Canada guys. Like, that was, like, I met everyone that night. Zach, everyone. That was, like, a big, a big night. Um, and so the next year, um, then, like, the, that was, so, like, 2000, then, like, the next year happens, all the bands happen. And then they're doing the fest again, the same fest. Um and at that point, like our demo had been out, um, and Sam asked us at that fest, like, yo, like you guys want to do a song from the next triple B comp. And we were like, dude, like, of course. Um, and then from there he was like, dude, let's do a seven inch too. Are you guys down? And we were like trying to act cool. Like, oh yeah, it's be cool. But really we were like, dude, this is so fucking sick. Like <laughs> fucking triple B bro. Like we're going to do this. Hey there, do you need to get some merch printed? My incredible sponsors over at Anchorfish Printing has a great deal going on right now. You can get 100 soft style shirts for only 499 bucks. Do the math, that's a great deal. For details, email michael at anchorfishprinting.com. You can also visit anchorfishprinting.com and see what else they have to offer. They are a one-stop shop for all your merch needs. And don't forget to mention the first ever podcast when you place your order. 
you guys just dropped this new song um you had hit me up uh you know while it was still in production or like you know i think it wasn't um maybe mastered yet or something like that uh what what you know sort of got this song off the ground and made this kind of like a one-off situation what's uh what's the story there fucking riley man our fucking boy um he um oh man i'm trying not i'm gonna do real i'm gonna try really hard not to like fucking cry and shit um but he was just our dude that was the dude man and um him uh him passing on to the other side was uh uh it was it hit all of us really hard um the one-two punch of him and and wade right after um that really hit us hard man and uh riley really rode for us really hard from the beginning he really um he really put on for us and he i don't know man like he always he always made me feel cool he always made he always made me feel like i belonged in whatever room um we were in and uh some of the best times of my life were with him and it was uh he was just a really special guy and um we um we had maddie had started writing some songs and 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 um we kept coming back to this one and uh kind of brushed all the other ones to the side and we're like do this just do this for riley like maddie was like i'm writing these riffs for riley like i'm, I'm thinking about him when, he, when i'm writing these um and so it was it was it was really for him um and so that, you know, we've, this has been, oh, it's been a while. Like I was living up in, up in the Bay, um, when, when Riley passed on. And, and so this is, that was years ago now. Um, so we've just been slowly, slowly, uh, piecing it all together. And, and it wasn't until I moved back down here that we really got, got, got to going on it and, and, and finished it up. It was the hard, it's the hardest one I've ever, I've had. It's the hardest one I've ever had to write. Um, it just never felt uh, good enough. Um, but uh, yeah, I was curious. I was curious actually when the song first started to be written, and then um, if you started writing lyrics after the music was done, or what's the sort of story there? I had just been writing lines. I'm always kind of like, I got my 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 notes app and my pad, my my pen and my pad, um, and it's something. If something hit, hits me, I usually write it down. Um, and so I don't know the order, but it really is once it's all, once we kind of have a, kind of have it more set in stone. Like I'll, it's really, Maddie really writes all this stuff and he'll ask me like, hey, do you want me to switch this or whatever? And like, I could probably count on, on one hand the amount of times I've been like, oh, maybe make this like two measures or four, you know, it's pretty rare. The four. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's pretty rare. Like I, I, I feel really lucky to have Maddie as a partner in, in, in this band. He, um, Oh man, I'm going to get emotional over Maddie now too. Um, he's just so special to me. Um, and somehow, uh, I don't know if we clicked, there's something that there's just something that goes on with us. That something just works. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was when it was done when um, I would kind of piece it together. It took me a long time to, to really piece it together. It, 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 it took a, 
it took something really big, you know, it would usually be, be a big, um, I don't know, either like a really high high or a really low low to kind of bring something out of me. Um, um, a lot of stuff. I think you can, you're, you're, you've, you've kind of been the torchbearer for, for, and you and you and Mr. Mr. Patrick, Mr. Flynn are, 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 are just incredible at, at, taking that energy and that emotion of, of, of losing someone, um, and, and, and putting that energy to, towards, toward, towards this, this, this stuff that we do. Um, and you know, I've, I've, I'm curious how you'd relate to this, but like I've sort of said, and I think I talked to even Pat Flynn about it where, uh, on one hand, it's like the easiest subject to write about because there's just so much to say. But then it's also the hardest because of the obvious, because it's just not a fun thing to have to sort of live in. But no. there's just such a it just feels like there's like a plethora of material. You're just like, oh, you know, I'm like, what do I want to talk about today? Do I want it to or like what do I, or what is it a reference? Like how I felt when I found out how I feel thinking about the person, how I feel after the fact, how I feel about how that person has affected other people, like all of these different things. There's so many things to pull from. And for you to just kind of put it all into one song, I mean, I can see that being a difficult task as it is. And I think you did a wonderful job. Thanks, man. That's really high praise. That really makes me feel good. Um, it's so hard, dude. Like I, uh, it was too much for me, honestly. Like I, I, I could not do it um, on my own. That's where like that line, the 25 or 624, that's like that Chicago song where that song is basically like about like trying to write a song and not being able to do it. Um, and it was really tough for me, but you know, what really did it was um, were uh, the biggest person was my, was my wife. Um, she is just so her her just emotionally intelligent and and intelligent you know her brain is she the connection between her brain and her heart is the strongest I've, I've ever seen in someone um and she's lost a lot of big people in her life and and she um she would give me space and stuff but she would also be like buck up dude like they lived man like there's nothing you can do about it now like what are you gonna do? Like, what are you gonna do about it? You're gonna fucking wallow in it. Or are you gonna fucking do what? If think about them being here, what are they gonna tell you to do? And um, and also people, you know, a, a, a lot of the lines came from um, came from other people who 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 lost big ones. Like one of them was um, oh, the line about um, I'd live like that forever if I could. Um, just to have you here was from uh from an interview that um, one of Arthur Russell's um, good friends, they had, there was like a retrospective recently um, about him. And, and he was talking about how seeing Arthur on his, Arthur Russell on his, on his deathbed basically, and just still feeling like, man, like I know he was in so much pain, but I would do anything for that, for that to be like this. Like I would do anything for him to be here, even if he's in that pain. And he's like, I feel, you know, I kind of feel guilty feeling that, but, and then, um, and also um, Leonard Cohen. Uh, I mean, he, um, I forgot what art. There was an article that someone had written when he had passed away, and they had talked about how, um, you know, like no matter how crazy the world was or whatever was going on, like 
I knew Leonard was there to pick up the stones. Like I knew he was there to, you know, to pick up the stones. And now that he's gone, like who's left to pick up the stones? Like who's, who's left to do it? And I, that made me think of, uh, of Riley immediately. Like I, I, um, you know, there's so many bands in our, our world that are, that are so big now. And, and, uh, you know, turnstile all these, you know, then they're doing such great things and, in, in, in the right ways, I feel like, but, um, but to me, I was like, man, like we got, we got Riley, we've got power trip. Like we've got, they've, they've got our backs. They've, they're, they're yeah. Riley's going to be there to pick up the fucking stones and, and say what needs to be said and, and, and show us who we are and, and help us make sense of it all. Um, so it was, uh, Oh God, it was, no, I, it was I feel it. I, I feel it when, um, when he had passed, obviously it's like everybody was just so hit by it. He's someone um, who touched so many people from like all different worlds. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just people who played in hardcore bands. Like it was people who played in all sorts of bands. Like he was one of those people that it's like, if you ever had, fi- if he ever gave you five minutes, which he was willing to give everybody, uh, you know, he always made you feel extra special. Like just like the, just such a warm, super kind guy. And uh I thought about, I ended up not doing it just because I just, you know, I, I, I'm quick to convince myself and I just didn't want to like wallow in other people's grief, uh, grief about the situation. But like, there was a point when I was like, man, I want to do an episode of the show where I hit up people from all over and just ask like, uh, to do a special episode of like, what was your first experience meeting Riley? Like, I thought that'd be like a really fun kind of thing to do maybe at some point i'll do it just for this you know maybe on an anniversary of his birthday or something like that but anyway that it led me to want to ask you like do you remember the first time you met riley um yeah um i had seen them a bunch and like they power trip tour with creatures back in the day and and whatnot um but i never you know i never really talked to him um it wasn't until the first um the first like full tour that Fury did with, uh, we did it with soul search and we went and played, um, we played not, not dead yet. Um, Greg, Greg Benedetto's, uh, fast in Toronto. And that was the first time I, I formally met Riley. We met at, um, parts and labor, met, uh, Mr. Matty Matheson's old, old restaurant. Um, he was walking down the stairs. I was walking up the stairs and I was just like, you know, like he had, uh, we just both were like, Hey, it's you, you know? And t- yeah. I was just like, in my head, I'm like, dude, like, I can't believe he knows me. Like, this is so fucking sick. Like life is so fucking ill. And I have a picture from that moment. Like our, our um, one of our other friends happened to be there too. And we all took a picture together and like, I, I, I'll have, oh, that, I'll awesome. have that, I'll have that forever. Um, and then he was, um, just always so supportive and he, he was our, he was our guy. Oh, I love that. We, uh, Touche played, I think it was the South, it was, it was for South by Southwest. Um, we had played some like outdoor show kind of thing that Power Trip was on at a different point in the day. And I've always sort of, it's a bad, it's like a bad part of my personality where like, especially at that point where like, I always kind of felt like, uh, 
a lot of people in different aspects of this community of, of this world like maybe wouldn't take me seriously or like didn't respect my band you know what i'm saying yeah. like being like oh you know whatever like so we were playing this fest uh, or this show that maybe had like a lot of more like quote-unquote credible hardcore bands whatever you want to say yeah so i was feeling very like oh no one here is probably that gonna be that psyched to see us or whatever else and i had never met riley and he like went out of his way to come up and introduce himself to me and just sort of be like, dude, I, you know, like I've always loved what you guys do, like do and like just really blew me away. It's just been like, whoa, like you're a fucking you're a dude from Power Trip. Like everyone fucking loves your band. Like you guys are and sonically our bands could not sound any more different. But the fact that he went out of the way and then offered to give me he was like, dude, you want a shirt? And like gave me a Power Trip shirt was just like completely just and you know one of those things where i was like i've convinced you know i had convinced myself that i would feel so unwelcome on this show and here's the guy with like the, from the coolest band on the show coming up just to like introduce himself and then give me a shirt i was like what a fucking that's what a good guy you know he, uh, he's and an angel friend since then yeah that's he's an angel he really he, yeah he really is um that's so that's so cool man yeah total 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 legend um that uh so um you know with uh with the release of the song um you had mentioned that uh or i want to ask because uh a member of power trip actually plays on the song too right yeah Olsh. um chris yeah um yeah um so matt there's a the, the soul the, there's a couple solos but the big main one um Maddie was kind of fooling around with a little solo and I really liked it. I thought he was, I thought it was really good. And, uh, we were like, yeah, let's fucking record this song. And he's like, we, we recorded like the scratch for it. And he took out that solo part and we're like, dude, what happened to the, what happened to the part? He's like, I don't think I'm going to do it. And I'm like, we're like, dude, what are you talking about? It was great. He's like, nah, I, I think I want Olsh to do it. And I was like, dude, like that's actually like the most special thing that you could possibly say like and yeah. he's like yeah I'm I'm actually I've been talking to him about it and he's and he's down and um it just made me so so happy man like cuz he I mean we've done we've 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 probably gosh I mean probably 3 or 4 months worth of touring with with Power Trip and and um I mean I'm watching uh, I've probably spent uh, I probably spent 95% of every power. I, wa- I watch power trip every night and I probably spent 95% of the time watching, watching Olsh play drums. And, um, but I've also seen him play guitar in so he's, he's just, he's the best. Like he, in, in, so Bos- in Bosco or, or, um, you know, in, in iron age, like he, he is just a, a true savant and he is like the fawns to me. Like I was always so, so intimidated by by Olsh. I just thought like that guy is the shit. Like <laughs> you know, he is so ill. And um you know, after a few weeks of the first tour we did or whatever or like no, it was the the first time we did a run with them, um oh I can't I d I don't remember when it was but I just remember there was just one day when like it was just Olsh hanging it was just like all maybe me and Alex or someone hanging out and Olsh just like kind of walked by and like he's like so like he's the strong silent type like he doesn't talk much but i just remember he came by and like said something like a little cheeky like really funny uh-huh. and i was just like oh my god like oh she's hilarious like this is insane like he just fucking talked to us bro 
and then like you know fast forward like you know we we spent so many so many months together and um he's just like one of one of the, the mount rushmore guys for me and so it's it's i don't know man that that solo is is just so special to me um it is i don't know man he really channeled fucking uh evh and uh you know, Johnny Christ and, and, and early Aussie records, you know, and, 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 uh, and all the greats. And he really made something special, man. Um, so it's, I'm so, so honored to, to have, to have him on the song, man. So, so honored. It's awesome. That's awesome. It's a, it's a, it's a really memorable song and it's, uh, it's very sweet and with great intention. So good, good job. Thanks. Good job uh, on, uh, for all, on all parties, uh, involved. Thanks, um, man. I think Riley oh, shit, would, be, man. would be proud. I'll hit you with the uh, with the last question, which is: When was the first time you felt like you were doing the thing you'd been working so hard towards? I am not gonna bullshit, and and I've you know I I, I know I've worked hard on things, but I could not have made uh, I couldn't have been I couldn't have gone to places I've been to or or done the things I've done without being on the shoulders of of giants, um, and whether that be you know, going to college on, on with, with soccer or, or, or doing, doing bands or, or, um, or being in this, this, this beautiful relationship with, with my wife, you know, like these, I, I, I owe it to, to everyone else. I, I really don't know when it, it, I just, I really don't have an answer, man. Like I, I, I still feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it just yet. I, 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 I um, you know, there's moments here and there that, that made me really happy, but I, uh, I don't know. I don't want to sound, uh, I don't want to be complacent. Um, I mean, right, right now I'm working, I'm, I'm working towards getting into the, the Carpenters Union, the local 661 up here. And, and I think once I, uh, you know, if I, if I get into that, knock on wood, and I think that'll be the next thing I'll, I'll have worked hard to, to get to. But even that, I've, I've, I've gotten a lot of help um so i don't know everything i guess i i really don't has a terrible answer but you know i i feel really uh, lucky oh. and, and happy to to be alive and where i'm at i feel really really blessed to um to have been around all these special people in my life so i'll let it slide that was a, a it's a very sweet answer so we'll we'll let it slide here on the on the show thanks thanks so much for hanging out with me today jeremy it's an honor to share a name with you And that is our show. Thank you so much to Jeremy for coming on and thank you for listening. Reminder, there is a bonus episode available right now if you head on over to patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon where Jeremy answered questions that were submitted by subscribers. Also, if you enjoyed this and this was your first time here, please subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is you're listening to this. Leaving a positive rating and review, these things help and I would appreciate it so much. All right, that's it. Have a good rest of your week. Take care. Bye-bye.